Good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag uh, podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. It's well, feels like it's been a while since we've done it because uh, I'm just completely butchering our opening here. Couldn't, couldn't even get the podcast name out of my mouth, to be fair. Uh, welcome, Adam. Welcome, Andrew. Back again. Um, we didn't do our regular show on Tuesday like we usually do um, for the very obvious reason. So we're going to start really with probably our opening statement from the Franchise Tag podcast. And that is um, in regards to Damar Hamlin. Um, the player for the Buffalo Bills, as I'm sure you're all aware of the incident that happened on the field. Um, from the looks of it today, it's all lots of positive signs. Um, the latest updates are saying that he is awake, um, though he's on support and he's not really talking. There's been the the very lovely story, I suppose, heartfelt story of him saying, you know, did we win the game? They're saying, you know, we, we won the game of life in a, in a way. And, um, you know, it's instant incidents like this in sport make us really appreciate everything in our lives and you know our thoughts from the franchise tag podcast go to demar hamlin's family himself um to, to the buffalo bills nation as well and to to people everywhere really because instances like these they're rare they're freak accidents and it's crazy and we, we never want to see anything like that again um a credit to the the doctors for both teams, the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills, for, for the care they took of DeMar at the time. Also, the way that the Buffalo Bill team and the Cincinnati Bengals acted as well was incredibly admirable um, and incredibly heartfelt. Obviously, all we want to hear now is that DeMar's on the rise and rise and the, the, the up. You know, maybe one day we see him on the field, field again. That's all our hope. Um, but for the time being, you know, best wishes to DeMar, his family. And everyone involved with him and hopefully he, his recovery will be a really speedy one um and it's also a massive credit as well to to really everyone across the world it can't be just america it must have been the world with the amount of money that's flooded into donations for his charity as well last time i saw it was over 3.5 million which is just it's just wondrous and it just shows the care is still in the world um and that there is a lot of love for these people and that NFL in a way has this family um, that touches not just America but here as well ac across the world that's why we do what we do because we love it and it's why a lot of people do the podcasting and, and the NFL stuff um, and it shows that you know we are a family no matter who we are no matter if we never meet or whether we just meet on socials whether we watch you on TV from the players on the field the referees the people in the stands the back offices the owners everyone who is involved in NFL worldwide really comes together and it is really heartwarming to have seen that. Um, so really to, to then move on to other subjects we're going to talk about tonight. We didn't do the show Tuesday. We're going to do a little mini show today. We're back properly as of this Sunday of our Sunday preview show, um, which will be then rocking forward in the NFL and seeing where this route to the Super Bowl takes us. But in other news, uh, we'll move on. Um, very big announcement that came from us at the Franchise Tag Podcast this week. Um, and that is that we have uh, gone into um, partnership, into sponsorship with 888 Sport, who I'm sure you all know across the NFL UK and in NFL America as well. The chief lead sponsor, I suppose, for the NFL. Um, they're going to be sponsoring our uh, fantasy show and our Sunday preview betting show. Um, very, very excited. Incredibly excited about this partnership. And firstly, really want to thank the, the two guys that are with me tonight, Andrew and Adam, who have been with me for a very long time now and with the franchise tag and been at every step of the way i've been integral to the growth of this um adam on social media has just been phenomenal 
um, for a guy at his age to um, actually understand how social media works. And, all right, that's the end of this yeah. statement. I ain't having any more of that waffle. Throwing out age gags already. Jesus. Well, at least you still got your hair intact, you know. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, look at over there. I mean, Jesus Christ. But, yeah, Adam, Andrew, thank you for like all the work you've been doing and all the guys who have been part of the franchise tag. I mean, there's so many names. Dan Parker, who started this all with me, all the designs and everything like that that started with it and that we still use now have all been from him. He, he had the belief in, in me that we could do this and it was him that started it as a founder, I suppose. Uh, to Gareth Smith, who's been joined, who's joined us recently and has really been pushing it forward um and helping us out and doing part of the show as well to uh, there's so many names um abby abby grace who's, who's been a great supporter of us george edgerton been a massive supporter of us um johnny bisbee over at the off-grid nfl the, these guys have all been on the show this year but been a great supporter of us to so many numerous names um murph stuart love um andrew gamble um sam farley um uh, uh oh, i forgot dre dre dixon over um over at over with his stuff at Verge. I mean, there's been so many names. There's, there's a long, long list of names. I'm sorry, I can't mention them all. But, you know, it's you guys who have really pushed us all forward to get in this sort of deal with AAA. And we're really thankful for that. Um, hopefully, this is just the start of something really fantastic for the Franchise Tag um, podcast and for 888 Sport moving forward and just growing the NFL UK game as much as possible. And, and that's what we're going to try and do. Um, and that's what 888 are going to do as well. So going to be seeing a lot more of them along with us and a lot of things going to be happening in the future really exciting times incredibly exciting times for us and um yeah we wouldn't be here without everyone who's putting the hard work um i actually should the names i shouldn't forget about really is uh sophie mel and karis who are, are our partners who have been just next to us the whole way through you know give, us giving up our time our evenings and um you know, to to especially frankly to my brother and my parents who have been really supportive as well with with it all. Um, yeah, it's just been so phenomenal. And you know, long may it continue. You want to include your mum and dad in this? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did. I see. I saw for like seven minutes. I'm trying to like break that record. Is that? I think I'm there. I'm nearly there. Right. Yeah. The problem is I don't yeah, a golden Oscar at the end of this. Or a I was I was so hoping you were going to name everyone and we were just going to sit here for like 20 minutes just listening. That was what I was hoping for. That would have been a great podcast. I mean, I haven't even said anything yet. I mean, I've, I've got accused <laughs> of being bold and then that's it. So I should probably pipe up because I feel like you missed the thank you. And it should probably come from me anyway. Uh, and I would like to thank uh, Johnny... Byron and Tinch about <laughs> on the fantasy show. As much as they are an admin nightmare, they've they've made me laugh through the season of fantasy. So I'll put a thank you out there to them, and I'll also thank you as well, Fred, uh, for bringing us all together. Yes, I do feel awful now. I didn't mention Johnny Byron and Tinch, but sometimes hinder. You know, when you're a hindrance, you just don't get mentioned. Yeah, no, yeah. they three have been great as well. They've been really, really available all the time. They've produced some fantastic content this year, just made all of us howl with laughter at, at, at times. And they're just so much fun. And thank you to all of that. Again, the fantasy group, our fantasy football league as well, who allowed us to sort of take over that league and broadcast everything about that league um, onto our channels and our waves and, and make content with it, I suppose. They've been great supporters as well, all of them, Shank. Dicko, Trev, uh, Tom, Matt, Matt, the two Matts. Um, God, I'm trying to remember everyone in our league now. Bloody hell, that's that's a one good go in there. 
Um, all, all of them have been great. And uh, yeah, I mean, we should probably stick with fantasy because we have officially ended the fantasy season really now. Um, Andrew, it's been, it, you've been the fantasy guy this year. You've had your own show. You've done absolutely fantastic with it. Um, what are your fantasy football it's been? Just as competitive as ever. Yeah, definitely. It's another great season, another competitive season. Uh, and I remember at the start of the year, uh, two games in, Gareth, I think, lost his first two games and he put a message in the group saying, well, that's my season over, that's done. And I remember Adam saying, whoa, 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 this is a competitive league. It ne it's never like that. There's never a washout. Um, and it proved to be with majority of the league finish on seven and seven and it going down to the last week uh, of games before the playoffs to see who qualified. I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? So, uh, it, and it was a, it was a good story in the, in the playoffs as well, as I'm sure we'll, we'll probably talk about through that as well. Yes. We must congratulate the gritted teeth, Gareth Smith, who has been on the podcast a lot of times. He did win the league. He's continued Adam, the rookie tradition, which me and you are part of rookies of this league, not rookies of fantasy football, but rookies of this league winning. That's me, you, Byron and Gareth now, four winners um, in rookie seasons. Say him. There's more than that. Is there more than that? Who else then? Matt Kirk won it in his rookie year. Um, Dan Wallace won it in his rookie year. And I think that that concludes it. I think there's six. 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 Wow. This is why we don't want to grow the league, Adam. We don't need any more new people coming in and, and jumping on our bandwagon, you know? We, we can't grow this league anymore. There's 14 teams in it. It'd be mental if you want to grow it anymore. But I, I, I think it just goes to show that none of us actually know anything and we're all just lucky. <laughs> we'll just win it on the first year and that's it we'll that's it you know that's that's all it is i mean but yeah it, it's uh it the tradition carries on the newbie wins we won't have any more newbies this for next season hopefully we will have a newbie for next season no we won't have a newbie for next season. i was agreeing with you all <laughs> oh, right okay so that's uh that's a good thing so um yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens next season i have to say just because this is something that I do feel like we should give some form of advice to people out there in the wide world rather than in this show, rather than just congratulate ourselves, which is lovely to do. Obviously, we do enjoy doing that. But obviously, with everything that's gone on, this Bills and Bengals game hasn't happened yet. You know, I mean, our, our league, we were in a way, we kind of lucked out a little bit because obviously, like the championship game, didn't have any players, which in itself is mental that that's the case. Mm. Um, what do you do, you know, as commissioner? What what's mm. the what's the advice to leagues no. that are out there that that are in this situation? The only implications it had on our league were obviously the uh, Sacco punishment one, but uh, being the nature of what's cancelled the game and and one of our people who was in the Sacco being a Bills fan, I don't feel like there should be any punishment or any anything to do with that. But in terms of winning your league, obviously there's a little bit different. You played the whole year to get that far. There was two options that I was looking at. And the two options were taking the average score of those players and giving them their average. Um, so for instance, Adam, I know you've got T Higgins on your team, so I've got him down as an example. So the two options I had was his average or his projected. So his average score would have been 11.34 points. 
and his projected score would have been 15.3 for the game. So we'll have that one. The only fair way it would have been was is to choose one of them that everybody was happy with uh, and go forward with either the average score or the projected score. I don't think there's anything really else you can do uh, that fair away um, of, of put, locking in some points for those guys that didn't play. I know us with the NFL app, they haven't 100% written those uh, games off with the points. They said they're not going to, and they're going to freeze it and hold it until they know it's definitely not going to go ahead, which we don't think it will. But um, if you want to get it over and done with and crown someone, then uh, that would, for me, be the fair way to do it. Well, have you heard the rumour that's that's going round that they they think they're going to play it in week nineteen and split the split the wild card? Um, so, that's... Yeah, that, that was actually what I was going to. Uh, we can stick. We'll stick on fantasy, obviously. But what is what's going to happen with that game? I don't. And again, we're not trying to be insensitive about it at all. Like, if they don't want to, whatever decision they reach is whatever decision they reach. You know, but it, 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 the question has to be asked, what is going to happen with that game, really? So the rumour is that they'll let the Week 18 play and then play that game in week as a Week 19 the week after. Yeah, so the idea is that you have... Because there's, um, there's a spare week, isn't there, between the Super Bowl yeah. and, and the, the championship game. So the, what is being suggested is that they have Week 18 this weekend plays as has been scheduled. And then uh, the NFC play their wild card games in week 19. Mm-hmm. And they have the Bengals Bills game at the same weekend. And then on the other side, in week, what would be week 20, the AFC play their wild card games and basically ah, the okay. NFC have a bye. And then they all come in together after that. But then, but then, do they go? Well, the NFCs get the unfair advantage because they've got a bye. But then they've all got a bye. But then the AFC would well, be they, like they've oh, all got a bye apart from them. the Bills and the Bengals. Obviously, that mm. they're the ones that are going to come out of it without the advantage. But but the problem is, if they don't play the game, you know, you you could argue that the Chiefs are going to get the number ones. I th- I think whatever happens here, someone's kind of come out of it mm. probably a little bit unfairly but it's just what else can you do kind of thing mm. it's unprecedented think, isn't it they've not had this before so yeah i think almost they should let the gms of the teams vote on what they want to do i think ultimately it should be their decision of what they want to do and and not some executives or uh, people who haven't really got an idea and connected with the teams just making a decision on their behalf. I think it, it's nice to get a real uh, view of it, of what they think. I think that would be fair. Mm. And it seems like the Bengals and Bills head offices have, have had an incredible open line of communication. Um, I know that the, the Bengals um, front office definitely stuck around in Buffalo um to, to to check in on Damar and, and everything like that. So, I mean, like the Bengals have acted so compassionately have been really champions of the sport the the, the the way they acted which is which is what you hope everyone would act like and i'm sure everyone would act that way um but they really it really has been pretty phenomenal uh, how they how they've um, acted and, and and the buffalo franchise as well but it's it, like like you said adam it, any which way someone's nose is going to come out is crooked in it like someone's going to be upset about something but you, 
you can't really say you can't say you're upset about it like come on like i think some i think cooler heads hopefully will prevail with people that are maybe upset with it um i'm sure on social media the the floodgates of fans and idiots out there will come storming in which there's already idiots out there as it is who have dealt with this whole situation in a very bad manner who have a lot more airtime than us and uh, a lot more famous than we are as well and they've not exactly behaved are you very. are you implying someone in particular i mean i always always liked shan sharp um, <laughs> so there's so there's that i suppose so if Sha, if shay if uncle shay shay gets his own show then i'm definitely going to be watching that because he's he's brilliant I, re I really really like him and he's been he's been very very good on that show but yeah this skip bayless you've not been behaving very well have you let's be honest with you um and i think everyone's very aware of that anyway we'll go back on to fantasy football rarity that all of us on here get to the playoffs i mean we all did all three of us two of us came crashing out very quickly well i came crashing out very quickly um i, I don't know how competitive your game was um andy i mean but you came crashing out as well let's be honest with you and then I Adam, go crashing out i was the second highest scoring team <laughs> in the whole entire round of the playoffs and just came up against gareth who scored five more points than me i think he scored 140 odd points you so, lost though didn't you so that's say, that's kind of all that matters as as a as a term like you freddie who scored under 100 points so uh you know, I, I did score the lowest point in the playoff bracket. Yeah, so that's that, that's crashing out. I didn't crash out. I'd set myself up perfectly yeah. to to get through those those two weeks to the final. If, if um, I crashed out, you just missed out. Adam squeezed through then, because he only won by yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you squeezed through. I I don't care what anyone says. This season was a hundred times harder for me than it was last season. I have been saying that from day one. I the draft I completely screwed up. Hmm. It is the first time I had I, I think it the problem was I wasn't in the room and you all guys were and that was there was a lot of noise and I was trying to do this as well and it just completely threw me. Whereas for last time when we did the draft, I know you were at home, Fred, I was at home and that was all there was. Hmm. And I kind of ended up being more interested in talking to the other guys during it <laughs> and just completely well, yeah, and, and screwed it up completely. We were a bit more involved in like the atmosphere that we have to like draft in. We get people, yeah. well, you've got the laptop in front of you, we've got people shouting various things in your ears. So at yeah. least you've got to feel a little bit of what the pressure we're under when we're sitting in the room. I lowered the time on the picks this year as well. So yeah. even more distraction uh, around for that. Yeah. So it, it was it it was a lot harder because of that. And I think just just generally that's why I made so many moves. I think if you look I can't remember if you look at the league, the amount of moves I made was ridiculous compared to everyone else. I know that I'm always more likely to trade more and I'm always more likely to make moves and pretty much anyone else in this league but even I came out with looking at it going yeah I'm about 15 moves more than the second person or something like that it was ridiculous and then of course you went out to Trev in the semi-final 135 to your 120 um close game close game but then when Not, you, I mean it it ended up being a close game but it wasn't 
really. He, mm. he was miles ahead on Christmas Eve um, just to destroy my Christmas a bit more. And then, mm. um, you know, I, I, I got lucky with blooming Tyler Higby going mental that that was uh that was the only reason i got near him but yeah my running backs just didn't do anything no. don't, don't you think it's it's quite funny i know like it sounds like i'm trying to be a bit childlike in a way but like the fantasy football is the exact same as actual playoffs in real football like anyone can actually win like once you get through if you just like a gareth's players he's stormed into the final because he's had he's had an all right team all year fine record just like the rest of us to get in and then his plays have just all found form, have like all got form in the last like three weeks. So like it doesn't matter about where you finished if your players get form at the right time. Do you think? Do you think as in a way you need when you are playing in a big league like ours, even if you're playing in a small league, I suppose. I, I mean, I, the size does matter in terms of how many teams are in the league, I suppose. But do you need to be like from like week five thinking to like week 12, 13? Yeah. And then when you get into there going, right, playoff final, where would I be in a playoff final if that was a yeah. scenario? Yeah, I, I think that's why you need to trade. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, the, this is the point that I've been trying to make in this league for like two years now. This is why you, you have to make these trades. You have to keep on moving. You, the, who you have from the draft, you can it, – it's difficult. I think the best thing you can do with the draft is pick the best players that are available to you at the point of the draft. That's probably your best bet. It's difficult to go on schedule at the draft because you just don't really know. I mean, who had the Jets winning as many games as they had? Who had the Jags or the Lions? You know, realistically, the Lions could have a winning season. Not many people would have predicted that. So you you can't sort of work that out at the draft. But what you can do is you can pick the best players that are available and then use them players to trade with mm. to then bring in the schedule. So I, I feel like that's kind of what I was looking at. So I'm very much like, I find I'm at a point where it's like you're at week, I think it was like week nine, week 10, that kind of range. I was five and four, six and four. And kind of just felt like, based on what the league looked like, it, it felt like seven and seven was going to get it. Mm. So I'm six and four. So I'm feeling pretty confident I'm going to get in. Realistically, I need one, two wins and I'm in. That was mm. my sort of mentality from it. So I'm now going to try and get rid of these players. I tried to trade away Josh Jacobs to everyone. Everyone mm. I tried with. And no one would play ball with me at all. After, so I got him for that period of time that I wanted him. And then I wanted to trade him away for them last few weeks because his schedule was a lot worse. Hmm. No one wanted to join in. But that's kind of what you have to look at. And I I think you have to go down that route. And if you can get that trade, then it works, you know, wonders. If you can't, then you're stuck with Josh Jacobs and you just got to hope he has a good couple of Hmm. final weeks. And unfortunately, he just didn't. Yeah. because and Andrew, do, do, do you think? Because it's interesting about the draft. Because the first thing I think is when I look at it now, does that make the, not the draft obsolete? But like you look at Wags, who like lost one game all year, and we all said he had the best draft. He was awesome, but made no moves in the season. 
has then not won it because probably didn't probably didn't sell the right players at the right time, maybe, and, and, and didn't find the form. And then teams got in who did make frequent trades. You know, I made quite a lot of trades. Adam made quite a lot of trades. You did a few. Like everyone did have to have that movement. Does that mean, does that give less emphasis on you having to quote unquote win the draft, I suppose? I think the draft is just to sort of get your base because as Adam says, you can never predict what teams are going to do and what injuries are going to occur. Yeah. Um, I know myself and Adam, I believe, um, had early injuries with some key players. Same. Same. And once that happens, you need to come up with a contingency plan. Uh, the, the few shows of the fancy show that I did with Adam uh, this year, I made sure I brought up some real key topics and trading is always one of them. And looking ahead in the season was the other big topic I tried to get out there and, and, and really tell the, the, the listeners the key importance of looking ahead on your schedule and making some moves for some lesser players that have got easier matchups and getting rid of some of your, your high profile. When we talk about selling high, buying low, it's really something when you're really getting deep into fantasy and you want to progress, it's something you have to look at. And I have actually got the stats in front of me, guys, in case you guys wanted this. I can give you the moves. So Fred, just he hinted on this, but I had the number in front of me already. Matt Wags topped the league through the regular season, made no moves, just thought he'd stick with his team. He could have made loads of moves because he had the players to, to change. He had the offers. He had the offers I offered him a few times. He made seven moves and no trades, and all seven of those moves were waiver wire pickups, which could have been nothing pickups for him. When you look in terms of Adam, he made 47 moves and three trades. Um, Gareth, <laughs> made, Gareth made 21 moves and a trade. I made 22 moves and three trades. Fred, you made 23 moves and two trades. When we're talking about the teams that, especially Adam, myself, Gareth, um, who were really had high scores in those playoffs, we were the three highest movers in terms of waivers and trades. So there's definitely got to be something to look at there. Dicko was the lowest at three waiver pickups and no trades, followed by Wags. They both qualified for the season comfortably and were out straight away in the playoffs. You, you, you've got to... Um, the trouble is with lots of people in our league and they're starting to learn now and it's be a lot of people out there listening sometimes when you've got the best players in the league they're not great to keep hold of and, and sometimes two players are better than one so my advice would be don't be afraid to get rid of your Cooper Cups your Tyreek Hills your Derek Henrys don't be afraid of it and be bold and make the move and you like Gareth you'll win your championship um, that's really surprising about how little I actually did move compared to the others because i i because i i'm one for all i've been known in the past for just being so bad for i drop i drop not i drop into like hinder people but like just constantly moving but this year i thought i'd have a bit of stability and i mean that's actually my next point if if you what would you say has been your biggest re, not regret but what do you look at your the fantasy season is this whole what do you look back at and go like should have done that. Um, um, I hate Dan Campbell with a passion. <laughs> He's ruined my fantasy team for DeAndre Swift. Absolutely destroyed it. The, the, the He was fit. He was back and he was fit and he still didn't play him. Not, not to the amount he should be being played. Even now. And then, and then championship week, when I'm out, he then goes and puts him out there and he gets two touchdowns, doesn't he? My biggest regret 
is probably drafting Alvin Kamara. Okay. You only had Alvin for four weeks, didn't you? One. What one week? When I uh yeah, one. One week. That was my biggest regret. I or two weeks, I can't remember. But I saw in that first game, I just thought to myself, yeah, that's that's a mistake. You shouldn't have taken him. Um they're not going to use him all the time. Jameis Winston's out there. They're not going to use him the way that he was being used. And I know that Winston went out injured, but even with Dalton out there, he wasn't getting used as much. And then you had Taysom Hill come in and take a load of like running back reps from him. And I think that that was the that was the biggest mistake. And that that this is what I mean when I say. I kind of screwed it up from the draft. It was very much the Alvin Kamara move because then you kind of have to move away. But if you're going to move away from him, you've got to get someone of equal value. Mm. Now, I got Tyreek Hill, which was which was good. But Tyreek Hill had a sort of a certain amount of weeks that I could use him for. And then in the middle, we kind of disappeared a little bit because the schedule got bad for him. And this was the problem. So it was all a little bit like you. then you run out of running back. And in this league, it's quite difficult to get running back from other people. So you're tra- you're constantly moving. I feel like if I hadn't, I, I, I don't know who was around there. I can't remember in, in the draft who was around there. But if I hadn't gone for Kamara and I'd gone for someone else, I think I would have been more stable and would have moved a lot less. Hmm. What about you, Andrew? I've not got any regrets with this year. I really haven't. Um, I really went. He just wasn't with, good enough. That's I really went with um, diving in on on trading some of my big. I, I traded away AJ Brown. I traded away Najee Harris. So I can't say I didn't hold on to the players too long. Um, so I have no regrets. I made the playoffs and I did what the best I could in the playoffs. So I don't have any regrets really uh, of the year. Um, the only thing I will say is if you, once you've got your team and you're happy with it and you've made the moves, I'd probably say be confident in, in your decisions. I think there was a couple of decisions I kind of wavered on. It was only maybe two or three games. I was umming and ahhing with someone I'm on the bench and someone I started, and I felt like I procrastinated a bit too much over that, and that that's the only regret you can possibly have. But um, no, no real regrets for me for this year. Fred, have you got any regrets? Mine yeah, is Nick, not getting rid of Nick Chubb. That's what it should have been. Well, I did sort of try to think about shopping him as before the playoffs. For the playoffs, I was like, who, what can I do here to ship him out and get like someone who I can know can push me through? But it wouldn't have worked. Um, my biggest regret is believing in teams before the season starts. Believing in the moves, not believing in the moves they made. But, well, this goes both ways. Not believing in teams and believing in teams. I was all in on Denver. I was like, all in. Denver are going to be great this year. That's why I got to Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton. Didn't work out for me. Team's been trash. But then I looked at like Seattle, for example. Could have taken DK Metcalf. Didn't take him. Because I was like, they've got Geno Smith in quarterback. They're going to be no good. Um, And actually, as I slowly progressed in the season... I then jumped on teams a bit too much. Like the Jets at one point, I had like three players for the Jets at one point. I'm like, I need to, but I didn't move off quick enough. So I had Garrett Wilson, which fine, and Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin was great for the first few weeks, but I never really moved off of Tyler Conklin when I should have done. 
And then when you look on the waiver wise, the, the, I looked at Elijah Moore and I was like, yeah, I'll bring Elijah Moore. I brought Elijah Moore. I was like, oh, great. Now I've got three Jets players now. That just doesn't work. And at the start of the season, it was two, you know, two Broncos players. And yes, I, I think there is a thing where you could go, go quarterback wide receiver where you can like um, have that handcuff, I suppose. But I would say it, it's probably it's me overanalyzing a team before the before there's any downs and not believing in their history. I suppose that would be my regret. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have believed in certain teams to do well. I should have just believed in players to make the plays. Um, similarly on that, what's the one thing this year where you're really proud of yourself? You're really pleased with yourself about it, Andrew. You can start this one. Well, mine was easy. Obviously, I uh, spoke on it there. I was re really proud of. Um being bold making the moves and uh trading away those players and giving the advice on here of people to do it and proving that it does work so uh for personal and for the show and growth and and, and helping people out so for me that's that's my uh thing that i was proud of the most adam i came fourth i'm not proud of nothing so <laughs> win or win or nothing that's what i am in there I'd also like to start there. did i beat freddie three times this year Probably. When did twice you play him? I played him twice in the regular season because he was my first game, and then I beat him in the in, in the not the, the consolation game, the the consolation playoffs. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of um, being I I beat I beat the champion twice, so you know that's something. Um, I also said from about what week eight or nine again around that sort of time that when i was on here that we when we came out and said who do we think is going to make it i vaguely remember saying the top two but also that yeah, gareth the was the outsider that kind of looked like a decent team that would go somewhere no oh, it's, it's the bloody eagle story all over again they all have to <laughs> i was wrong and i didn't know anything well, you know, what can I say? It just it keeps happening. It made me there's a reason. That's that's all I can yeah. say. Maybe there's a reason. Yeah. My mine is the orchestrated amazing move of getting in Christian Kirk. What a move that was <laughs> at the time. What a move. Like he was so good for me the whole time. Like I had, that was gold for me. I was so pleased about that. And it wasn't an unfair trade either. It was a fair trade. And it was a good trade at the time. I and, and I traded good quote unquote good players for him at the time. Um, I, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm, that's one of my big big proud proud things is going like looking at his schedule, looking at the way he was playing, looking at the trajectory of the team, and going, I think he's only going to go up. And he did. He was awesome the rest of the year for me. He kept me kept me and won me a lot of games. Christian Kirk. So I'm dead pleased with that. Um, is there anything else think, we'd like to talk about? Yeah, yeah, just one, just one other thing I, I quickly want to say. I noticed that towards the bottom of the league, it, it was kind of a couple of guys that are clearly fans of the particular teams. So I know that Byron had, a, I think he had two Bills players. Um, there was another one near the bottom that had a, quite a lot of Tampa Bay players. Um, just feel like it's not a good move. Hmm. I think I when, when you usually it, it pay off when your team's strong. Nathan's well, the bills, had, you would think it would, wouldn't you? Nathan has made a, a thing every year of having 
all Patriots players in his team and, and scrapping off the bye week. And it has worked wonders for him when they were a good team. Obviously, he moved away from that as and when he needed to, but it worked for him in the past. But I don't think Byron got hold of the right names from the Bills to... Mm. Yeah, I think Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, um, <laughs> they're not the type of players that you need to be snatching from your teams to really win you the league. Um, one thing, Adam, I know you said your regret was picking Alvin Kamara. I've just had a little look. You picked him in the first round with a 13th yeah. pick. Um, Good yeah, that's, the, that's, that's my other regret, being the 13th pick. That was a bloody <laughs> nightmare as well. The, the, Who'd gone, then? The next pick after that was Aaron Jones. So you could have had Aaron Jones. And then yeah. the next lot after that, you, I mean, you picked at 16 anyway. So you had yeah. the next best pick of the of the first round of them. Um, obviously, you missed out. Javonta Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, Stefan Diggs, Travis Etienne, James Connor, uh, any of the wide receivers, really. Um, so Etienne might have been a good one. <laughs> yeah. Who, 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 had gone, who had gone before Adam had picked them? Everyone. So Jonathan Taylor was the first pick of the draft, followed by Christian yeah. McCaffrey, um, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb. Okay. So that's why, that's why I took, you know, because yeah. when you look at it, you sort of think, well, that's kind of the obvious one who's next. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was kind of between Kamara and jones but obviously but with jones you worry with dylan he's gonna sort yeah. and obviously that that didn't really happen but then jones had has had so many weeks where he hasn't done a lot you know this mm. is the other thing so it, it i think it it makes a big you know i know gareth was in the middle of the drop i remember him being about five or six that kind of range that's, that's the start if that's the draft he was number five yeah yeah yeah, so that's what I mean. It was like kind of like in, but he was in position five. I I found that if you were in the middle this year, it was quite useful. If you were right at the front, you got screwed over when you came back round for the second and third. And if you were right at the back, you lost all the main guys at the front. And, but I didn't mind that either. Though I didn't mind. I don't mind being at the bookends because I can sort. You can sort of see where it's going. I don't mind them players dropping away because then I just. I'll take the risk in a way. Having said that, I've spoke a lot this year on the show about changing my tactics for how I draft next year. Um, obviously, I picked up massively on the fact that the two teams that were dominating went wide receiver, wide receiver with their first two picks. Yeah. Adam, do you regret the fact of being that far down in the draft and we'd all taken running backs bar two teams? Do you think maybe you'd consider if you were that far down again, moving to the wide receiver um, slot of it? Because you would have yeah. feasibly gone, what, Stefan Diggs there? Jefferson yeah. and Cooper gone? Probably Diggs, yeah. Only, only Jamar Chase and Jefferson gone. Uh, and, and Cooper Cup. They're only three that are gone. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I think it's when you kind of, you have a sort of like a bit of a plan in your head of where you, you're going to go. And mm -hmm. I've always very much been running back first. It's just, it's what most people do because of, yeah. of that. But I, I, I've noticed certainly in the last two years of being in, in this specific league, it does feel like it is heavy running back as well, like probably more so than some other leagues I've been in. So, yeah, I, I think you have to you have to have tiers. I think you need to kind of work that out in your head as to where it is that you feel that 
actually, I'm not getting top value here, but this wide receiver is going to be top value. So mm. I think you do have to go down that route. I think this is these are the sort of conversations and things that we're probably going to have a lot more in the off season. There's definitely, you know, we've got loads planned in the in the next few weeks and months ahead. And uh, I believe there might be a dynasty league happening. Possibly yeah. with the franchise tag, that that is something that I think quite a few of the guys have, have shown interest in. So that that would be that would be good uh, to do that, and we can go for all of that as well. And uh, yeah, I think it's just yeah, you got you got to sort of like your original plan might go out the window pretty quickly, as <laughs> mine did. Hey. <laughs> It's definitely been the first year. It's been the first year of fantasy football for me where it's been it's been the most competitive it's ever been, and that you've got to keep your finger on the pulse. You've got to because you just get lost. You'll get like if you don't if you don't know what's going on in NFL in general with other teams with your players, you you have to be invested. That's the only way you could. But then again, I know some of them who aren't that invested and they do pretty well at the same time, I suppose. But. Like I, I, it just shows that you know you could your league is only as competitive as the people playing in that league, and ours, fortunately or unfortunately, I suppose, is incredibly competitive because we are all incredibly invested in NFL, which is just fantastic, um, and it's just great. And, and there's like Adam said, there's so much exciting stuff coming our way. The stuff of AAA sport, which we cannot wait for. Lots of stuff in the offseason. Obviously, we've got our regular show still happening on the lead up to the Super Bowl. We could sort of, this feels like a sign off of the year in a way, but it's not. <laughs> there is still so much more content, but we are going to be coming out with in the next few weeks. Lots of stuff going on. Make sure you're keeping an eye on us here at the Franchise Tag Podcast. Like and subscribe. Go follow us on social media. Andrew, Adam, thank you for joining us back tonight. We'll be back on Sunday for our preview show. Until then, enjoy the rest of the, the week, and we'll see you all very soon.